When you say, I know a person, what do you usually mean? Does that mean that you can recognize that person out of a police lineup? Does it mean you know the story of that person from early ages up to present? Does it mean that you know what the person is capable of? Or how is he or she going to react in a certain situation? The short answer is, all of the above are forms of knowing a person, but the last one is probably the most important. Namely, the ability to predict how a person will react in a certain situation. Though predicting the future behavior and in general the path in life of any person is running into two big problems. One, the human individual is such a complicated machinery that it takes a long time to know a person well enough to make predictions. And second, the future conditions to which the individual will be reacting very often change continuously. But all is not hopeless. What can be known are fractions of a person's psychological characteristics for relatively small time slices, weeks or months rather than years, and more importantly, within a relatively narrow range of social situations. Yes, there are lasting personality traits, lasting skills that can be recognized in an individual for a lifetime. You meet a person after 20 or 30 years, even if they changed physically, most of the time you get the feeling of familiarity when you run into them. You can recognize some of uh, the characteristics of that person as still being present even after decades. But there is nothing fixed that cannot be changed about the personality of an individual, as there is nothing fixed about someone's appearance. Amazing transformations of someone's appearance happen all the time as a result of putting on weight or losing weight, having a sedentary or a very athletic lifestyle, and uh, as, a, as the result of the most common causes of all changes, the passage of time. In the same way as physical appearance changes, personality, skills, beliefs, perceptions are also not rigid, frozen in time. Therefore, you can know fairly certain how a person was and is rather than predict how is that person going to be at a certain point in the future. Let's say you pick up randomly an individual who is a complete stranger to you, but to whom you have access and is willing to answer honestly any question you might ask of him. What are you going to ask in order to say after one, two, three or a hundred hours of talking with him that you know him? Who else do you want to talk to? His mother, his spouse, his children, his employer, his internist, his psychiatrist? As you see, the simple question, who is Mr. John Gold, splinters into an endless process impossible to manage. This occurred to me when I was reading about a famous poet as viewed by a literary critic. I found out where the ideas of some of his poems came from. I found out something about the thought process that led to some of his famous verses. Then I read his biography written by a historian. From there I found out that he was financially broke most of his life, that he was never married, had no stable relationship, that he died of syphilis in a mental institution. So who was this man? The genius, the literary critics declared him to be a failure of a man who could not even support himself. Someone with a character so unpleasant that could not form any lasting relationships? Something that I would never know and uh, probably the most important aspect of knowing a person will remain forever unknowable since he died a century ago. Namely, if I would have met him, would I have liked him as a person? Would I have been impressed by his intelligence? 
Or maybe I would have never guessed in a million years that his fame will stretch for decades and even grow in time. In order to make sure that you are not going to be even more confused about this matter after you saw this recording than you were before, I will reduce this vast subject to its bare bones. Knowing an individual is the same like knowing any other reality around you. You define the object of your interest, then you put that object in a series of frames of reference. Let's take a very simple situation as, for example, what happens when you find a piece of material lying around that you cannot identify? First, you can use the frame of reference called physical characteristics color, shape, size, toughness, melting point, density. Then you use the frame of reference called chemical characteristics like pH, that means acidity, structure, either elemental or compound, material, organic or unorganic. There are many other frames of reference, but I'm going to stop to the one that is most important, the frame of reference of myself. How does this piece of material refers to myself? That means, what can I do with it? How am I going to interact with it? Is it going to help me achieve some objective or is it going to harm me? In what conditions it can help me? In what conditions can it harm me? Let's go back to knowing an individual. Here there are a multitude of frames of reference. Historical frame of reference is one of the most commonly used. Tell me the life story of the individual and I will feel like I know him. There's a big problem though. A big part of knowing anything is the predictive value of your knowledge. And who never heard of the cliché best predictor of future behavior is past behavior? This is a heuristic shortcut that helps as much as it damages. First, there is a huge problem with this cliché. Past behavior predicts future behavior triggers another cliché. Self-fulfilling prophecy. If you believe in the first, you activate the second, setting in motion a vicious cycle. Let's assume you hire someone. You heard that person performed outstanding in his past job. You are a believer in the past behavior as the best predictor of future behavior. The next thing will happen if you hire that person. You will want your little theory to work and you will be more likely to appreciate his or her performance as outstanding. And not only that, treat an employee as if he is outstanding, there is a good chance that that employee will start playing that role. In a way, you force that person into the role you expect him to play. So past behavior predicts future behavior works only uh, when it clouds your objectivity and when you as the observer pushed the observed into playing out the future you anticipate. Then there is another huge problem. If past behavior predicts future behavior, there will be little surprise in people's existence. Lives would be particularly linear and maybe even boring. People would chug along on the path of their lives, doing mostly what they have been doing before. But this cannot be further from the truth. Life is like a random walk. Wow, folks, it came full circle. Life is like a random walk is almost equivalent to saying life is like a box of chocolate. Is this uh, subject dropping my IQ or something? We'll see. For those unfamiliar with the concept of random walk, it is another way to characterize a process that cannot be predicted. Just imagine a person who flips a coin and if it comes out heads, he takes a step forward. If he comes out tails, he takes a, back, uh, a step backward. 
There is no way to know where is uh, that person going to be at a certain point in the future. 500 feet forward, 3 feet backward, no way to know. To illustrate how random his, this future is, imagine the following situation. Let's say we are watching a baseball game between two equally strong teams. We do not know the future, we cannot predict what will happen in a few minutes or hours from now. We can only describe what happened up to and including what is happening in the present. You cannot predict what is going to happen next, uh, next even if all else stays the same, as for example the weather, the players on the field that each team is using, the umpire. If you consider that all these elements can change and their effect on the outcome of the game is very difficult to estimate, you can see why sport betting is considered gambling. But all is not lost, even in such murky, multi-determined circumstances, you can still come up with probabilities for one event or another to happen and end up with a forecast that will never be a certainty but a probability. There are four theories that you must accept in order to become a good judge of character. Number one, you must throw overboard this concept that you can know anything. Replace that with a probabilistic view of what is knowable. For example, if the baseball match is between Red Sox and Miami Marlins, you don't know what uh, will happen with certainty, but you can count with a very high probability, likelihood, on a future in which Red Sox will win. Sorry if I offended any fans of Miami Marlins. Sincerely, I shouldn't even be speaking about baseball since this game can remain obscure even to people born and raised within five miles radius of Fenway Park in Boston. Two. Number two, everything is multi-determined and looking for a single cause of anything is useless. Looking for a set of causes and even better ranking that list in order of their importance in causing whatever they cause is a much better approach. Number three, any prediction is an interplay of a given actor and its surrounding conditions. You do not venture to predict anything about a person before you know what are the conditions in which that person operates. The famous, in my, and in my opinion seriously flawed, Stanford prison experiment proved that anybody can morph into most unlikely personalities if you put them in the right or wrong circumstances. Again, I'm doing, doing something that I should not. I just used a poorly conducted study to justify a fundamental truth which may undermine the very same truth I'm trying to prove. Anyway, let's not get too philosophical about this. Theory number four, your beliefs and expectations will push the future in the direction you want it to go, or at least will push the interpretation of that future in the direction you desire. So when you make a prediction, consider this factor when you are trying to make predictions and especially when you are taking decisions based on those predictions. If you are a close participant to the sequence of events that will lead to the future, you have a much higher chance in molding that future the way you want it to be. Now, the other part of the statement affirms that the more you are invested in a certain outcome, the more you have to let others interpret that outcome for you. If you need to decide whether your prediction did or did not come true. So, what do we do in this situation? How are we going to escape the seemingly hopeless inability to know the future? How can we ever know anything about anybody? But if we go even further down this line of thinking, what is even the value of knowing a person, predicting his behavior, his decisions? Well, even being conservative, predicting other people's behavior is the most important prediction of all. 
since overall or on average our lives are shaped the most not by the weather, not by the movement of planets in the sky like astrology believes, not by plants or animals, but by our fellow human beings. Don't even bother to start racking your brains for evidence of the contrary before you allow me to stress again that this statement is valid on average. Anybody can come up with anecdotes proving that whether plants or animals had in some instances a higher influence on a certain individual than uh, another person, another human uh, being. But the proof that our lives are shaped primarily by other human beings is extremely simple. Imagine if a person would be born on a planet exactly like planet Earth, but uh, different in only one aspect, no other human being on the whole planet. That person will not become a human being. His development will not progress beyond animal stage, maybe primate stage, but definitely that person would not have human characteristics like speech, intellectual life, empathy. Even if provided with everything a human biologically needs to survive, he will not become a human being in the absence of other fellow human beings around him or her. So, we found out that knowing a human being is about primarily predicting his or her attitude, beliefs, perceptions and actions in a range of circumstances wide enough to include most commonly occurring ones. To achieve that, you need to know equally the subject's characteristics as well as the circumstances he is going to face. The simplest way is to look in the recent past for situations similar with the ones the individual will face in the future and find out his behavior. This step, though, is problematic. That is where most employers trying to guess the suitability of an employee for the job they offer fail sometimes miserably. They fail to understand that no job is the same. It's jo each job, even apparently involving the same task, will be substantially different because each job has different co-workers, different bosses, different incentives. They are also wrong when stretching their period of focus beyond few years in the past, failing to recognize or accept that the good old theory past behavior predicts future behavior only works for limited stretches of time. If employers do not find evidence of a recent job similar enough with the job they offer in which the individual performed well, they usually avoid hiring that person. As a result of that, employment seekers will make sure that the employer is fed the quote-unquote right information. Jobs in the past become suddenly similar with the ones sought in the present. Performance is embellished, if needed old and, of course, supporting information is stressed, highlighted and brought to the foreground. Well, since we are talking about this arms race of measures and countermeasures, let's talk about the significant problem of trying to extract relevant information from individuals that are very invested in swaying your opinion in a certain direction. The prototypical situation is the justice system. When you know that an inquiry has the scope of doling out punishment, all the information you are going to supply will be tinged by the desire to escape punishment. Even a rejection of an employment application is a punishment worthy of strong efforts to avoid it, meaning doing anything that needs to be done in order to get the job. So you can see how the game got suddenly much more complicated. We now have to talk about strategies to glean the truth from a person who may have reasons to hide it. 
and this is another enormous topic that I will have to pass, but the least I can do is to bring it to your awareness. Deceit can come in a wide range of grays, from outright lie to outright truth. The justice system is uh, practically a minefield of lies, truth, and all the shades in between. As opposed to uh, job applications and the justice system, where things are more calculated and rehearsed, in the rest of our interactions with others, although lies, exaggerations, embellishments are frequent, they are more random, less planned. But a complete lack of secondary gains is impossible, even in the most simple interactions, apparently devoid of any gains or losses. No person interacts with another human being if there is no goal. Very often the goal may be the pleasure of uh, the interaction itself. Just having a plain conversation can be a pleasurable enough uh, uh, experience to justify that conversation. And anything that will prolong it may become the source of distortion in this communication, the source of embellishment, or lies, and who knows what else. So, what do we have until now? Knowing a person means predicting his or her behavior. Prediction needs knowing the past of a person, the conditions that are going to be present at a certain point in the future for which we are making the prediction. Knowing the past of a person is mostly done by using the very same person whose behavior we are trying to predict as the main source of information. And since nobody interacts with anybody else without any goal, the goal is likely to seriously tinge the information we are fed with. Meanwhile, the context by which we define a future behavior can change unpredictably and may not resemble that much the assumptions we are using while making that prediction. We add to that the insight that the more we desire an outcome and the closer we are to the unfolding events on the way to the future, the more we are likely to shape that future according to our expectations. The stronger our desire for a certain future is, the more likely is to fool ourselves into believing that that particular future actually happened once we get to that point. We also established that predicting our fellow, fellow humans' behavior is one of the most important tasks of our life. Our happiness and uh, sometimes our right survival depends on how good we are at this task. And despite these serious problems, with this type of exercise, we are continuously making bets on uh, being good at predicting behavior. All I have said until now is like Black-Scholes formula, a very smart insight into the, how the market for futures and options works, but by no means having the power to diminish the level of uncertainty present in the market. A lesson that did cost a lot of money to a lot of investors and the US government when the long-term capital management collapsed in flames. And no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to explain what this reference means. That is why we have Google, don't we?